You were an integral part of that. Um, God saw fit to do just some amazing things uh, in our little place in Ohio there that God uh, raised up. We were in a cornfield of 2,800 people in the middle of northeastern Ohio. Uh, We had a couple campuses, a couple regional campuses like what you had. We had our first campus, two regional campuses, and then God saw fit to do something crazy and help us start a campus in China. I'm not talking about like China, Oklahoma. I'm talking about China, China. And as a matter of fact, that campus over there will be watching this message here in a couple weeks. So why don't you give them a big shout out to, come on. People over there, by the way, risk their lives, not just by having to drive on the freeway to get here, but... Um, they, they literally risk their lives. And hi, mom and dad, I love you. They run the campus for us. I miss them so much. But anyway, um, yeah, God saw fit to just do this crazy thing. And one day we were actually over there in China. I was sitting on the side of my bed and we had just baptized some believers at night. That's quite an experience. Some that were afraid for their life. But I tell you, it'll change your life when you get to see some of these things. I was sitting there on my bed, and I'll never forget it as long as I live. It wasn't an audible voice. It wasn't anything crazy. But God, God had been working in our hearts for over a year saying something's going to change. Something big's going to happen. And God literally spoke into my soul and said, um, I want you to leave all of that behind and go do it all over again. And so the next question, of course, is where are we going to do this at? And so I literally turned in our resignation to our elders um, and had zero idea, none, zip, nada, where we were going to go. And it, you'll find out in a minute, I'm pretty loud and obnoxious and just kind of type A kind of guy. Um, my wife is the exact opposite. So we get along great. So there's times she has to tell me to shut up. There's times I have to tell her to say something, anything, help me. So God, God whispered into my soul, long story short, and said, Charles, you're not going to be the one to decide where you're going to go. Your wife is going to be the one. So you shut your mouth and I'll speak to her and the rest will be history. Well, we started just like saying, okay, God, reveal to us where we're supposed to be. Well, I happened upon this church, a friend of a friend, you know, all these things started happening. I ended up at this church called Kensington Community Church in Michigan. You ever heard of it? I don't know, it might have a little something to do with your, your story, I don't know. But uh, uh, a guy out there named Nick Boring says, hey, I want you to call this one guy, his name's Dave Nelson, he's in Salt Lake City, and uh, see if maybe you would want to go there. And I'm like, you, isn't that Utah? <laughs> they had the Olympics there, and there's this really like, probably like ugly, salty sea, right? I mean, and like, 17 Christians. That's what I've heard. (laughs) So we're like, okay, so uh, we found out the Rocky Mountain West is the most, number one, it's no longer the northeast of the northwest. It's the most unchurched region in the United States. Did you know that? So we had been to Denver and we were pretty down with that region. We actually, I just met a dude in the bathroom. I probably shouldn't have told you that. That's weird. (laughs) He's from London. He works at the U. And I said, we were just there in January because we really thought God was going to possibly call us to Europe to church plants. So somebody gave us the money to go over there. We hid in a cargo ship and made our way to London. And uh, God just said, no, that's not it. And we started, you know, doing these little tour trips and stuff like that. Dave Nelson calls and says, hey, heard you're interested in the Rocky Mountain West. On your way out here, why don't you stop in Salt Lake? And we literally went, you know, really? I mean... Not as many sports teams. Oh, hey, you guys did beat Alabama, an SEC team. So that had something for you. I'm like, there's something going on there. I'm a big football fan. <laughs> so uh, my wife's like, Salt Lake City, that was her, f- Utah, really? I mean, we didn't do that with anywhere else. We're just like, London, that sounds cool. Denver, that sounds cool. You know, Hawaii, awesome. <laughs> Please, Lord, send us to Hawaii. Please. <laughs> the love of, anyway. So Dave Nelson calls, we literally planned this trip to the Rocky Mountain West and we planned the shortest amount of time in this region because we knew certainly God wouldn't call us here. That's your first mistake. As soon as my wife's feet hit the soil here, she said she knew from God that we were to plant a church in this valley. And uh, it has just been an amazing thing. Now here's what I gotta do. I'll tell you the rest of the story later. 
But I need to thank you because if it weren't for you guys, we would really have a lot of bad things going on right now. You'll hear about that. Um, Between Dave Nelson, the management team here, uh, the connections that you all have throughout this valley, we could not have made this journey here or gotten through the last year without you. You've helped us financially if you didn't know that. Thank you. Dave has been a huge encouragement to me. I've learned so much from Dave and your team and the leadership and the staff here. My family and I, we came to two services here and then the South Campus launched. So we've been helping down there all year and it has just been a tremendous blessing. And I can't say enough about the blessing that K2 has been in our lives. We wouldn't be here without you. So from my team to you, we owe you a debt of gratitude. We wouldn't be here without you. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts, okay? That's what I want to say. Now let's, Mark chapter 10 is where we're going to go. Grab your Bible, Mark chapter 10. It'll come up there on the screen too. Um, if you didn't bring that. We're going to talk this morning about, we're continuing with a series called You Might Be the Next. Today we're going to look at, you might be the next to get passed by. You might be the next to get passed by. That little video before was a little play on names, you know, people living up to their names and all of that fun stuff. And we're going to see what's in a name today because you might be the next to get passed by and it's all about your name. Verse 46 of Mark chapter 10 says this, then they came to Jericho and as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man named Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus. Now, something that you have to understand um, is that anytime scripture wants to give you a note, that wasn't put there by the study people. Okay, that's God's word. Something's going on here with this guy's name. I mean, how often do you see in scripture where they tell you what this person's name literally means? Now, we have to dig a little deeper to look at the meaning The people of the day would probably have known this meaning, but they're telling us this guy's name is Bartimaeus. That is the son of Timaeus. What that, in the Greek, the word bar, B-A-R in our English, means son. So Timaeus means, uh, or Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. Are you seeing that? We're gonna dig into that a little bit in just a second. But anytime you see scripture do that, you gotta understand, hey, there's something going on here. So it goes on to say, he was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Was that too loud? (laughs) But many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more. He got even louder. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and called him and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet, he's calling you. And throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. Verse 51, what is it that you want me to do with, uh, for you, Jesus asked him. And the blind man said this, rabbi. When you dig that one a little bit deeper, the word rabboni means master or lord. Much different than a rabbi of the day, he was calling him Lord. Lord, I just want to see. Go, said Jesus. It's just one word, kind of cool, go. Um, Your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Let's pray. Father God, just show up today. We know you're here And in order for you to show up, um, for us to make that connection with you, we need to clear out our lives, clear out our hearts. We need to not worry about watching the clock or the pot roast in the oven or the the hike we're going to take up the mountain later. We just need to spend time with you, the God of the universe, because you're already here. You're waiting for us long before anybody turned on a light this morning. So Father God, have your way here. Be with Dave as he's preaching at Kensington in Michigan. Lord God, bless what they're doing. Thank you for Kensington and the faithfulness of that church. Now been responsible for a couple of things happening out here and we praise you for that. Be with Brad at the South Campus. Father, may people come to know your name this morning. Lord, if there's anything that comes out of my mouth that you don't want people to hear, help them to forget about it. May everything that's said honor and glorify you in the name of Jesus. 
Amen. Hey, let's, let's look at this. Uh, guys, my head is still shining. I told you guys to fix that in the last service. Seriously, that is ridiculous. Thought y'all had some technology up here. Holy cow. But thanks for getting rid of that zit. That's awesome. Okay, here we go. Um, let's put that back up. Um, starting right at the beginning um, in verse 46. Uh, Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus. Let's dig, a, let, let, let's dig this name out a little bit because I'm telling you, there, there has a lot, there's a lot going on with this name. Um, in the Hebrew, in the original Hebrew, I'm sorry, in the Greek, let me get the right New, New Testament here. And I don't always do this. I don't think I'm smart or wise or anything like that. As a matter of fact, I rarely do this. But you have to understand what's going on here. In the Greek, the word Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, means son of dishonor. Son of the unclean one. Bartimaeus, the blind beggar, was living up to his name. You're nothing more than just an unclean one full of dishonor. But I think the reason they put the parentheses there is it's like, wait, dig it apart a little bit more. What language did they speak in the New Testament? Wasn't Greek. What was it here? Probably Aramaic. When you look at his name in Aramaic, which is what people would have understood just as much, it means son of the honorable. It's a complete dichotomy in this name. So maybe what the author here, Mark, is saying is, you know what? Some of you are not living up to your name. Some of you are comfortable right where you are with the name you've been given. You're a son of dishonor. You're unclean. And you're willing to sit by the side of the road begging while Jesus passes you by. Or are some of us going to stop and make that step to where we can say we are the son of the honorable? You know, names can hurt, can't they? We moved around several times as I was growing up. And um, man, people can be mean, can't they? Kids can be mean to you, can't they? Guys, help me here, man. I feel weird. Like, were they only mean to me? Jeez, thank you. I'm like, maybe it was just me. Oh, um, so they, my name's Charles, uh, Charlie, whatever you want to call it. So they thought it was cool to call me Charlotte. Isn't that sweet? I loved it when they did that. They weren't talking about North Carolina either. People can be absolutely hurtful with names, can't they? One name leveled at you can destroy your entire day, maybe your entire life, if you get labeled by a certain name, correct? At the same time, a name can do something that can bring healing like no other. One of the, one of the, one of the best things that could have ever happened to me is when my dad looked at me one day and said, son, I'm proud of you. Proud of what you're doing for the Lord. There's nothing that could be spoken in my life more than that. How about you? Have you had those moments? Names can kill you. Or they can absolutely build you up. And there are some really uh, crazy things going on in the Bible with names. You really got to dig into some of the names, understand what they mean. In the Bible, there's a lot of name changes. Let's look at some of these. First of all, uh, Eve. Let's just start with Eve. She was the first chick in the Bible, right? Um, the mother of all living. Right? She certainly did that. The mother of all living. She lived up to her name. What about some of the name changes that went on in the Bible? How about Jacob? You know what Jacob meant? Deceiver. It, mean one, it means one grasping the heel. So when he came out, he was grasping the heel of his brother Esau's foot, and he would go on to deceive Esau and get the birthright. Remember that story? His name meant deceiver or grasping the heel. When he came to surrender his life to the most holy God, God changed his name to Israel, which means to prevail or to be great in number. Abram to Abraham, Abram, father, to Abraham, father of many. How about New Testament, Simon? Simon meant obedient. Peter, or also Cephas, as we see him in the New Testament, what does Peter mean? Rock, right? Many of you know that. 
So literally, Jesus changed his name from obedient to rock, but many times don't you see Jesus calling him Simon Peter, right? Which means obedient rock. And that certainly was the name he lived up to. There were times he did not live up to his name though, right? Remember that? But he died a martyr's death and went down in his obedient rock. There are some crazy meanings in names. Matter of fact, my name is Charles. It means loud, bald, and obnoxious. I totally, actually, you know what my name means? It's awesome. It means manly. I live up to that. No, I'm just um, Christian, like I looked up Christian's name. Uh, you know, it was just up here. And Christian literally means this. I don't understand it, but it means one who talks like Arnold. Do you guys understand? I don't know that. Oh, and Dave Nelson looked up Dave's name. Dave means this, one who's never owned a pair of socks. So, (laughs) people living up to their names. Uh, There's some crazy names. Throw these up on the screen. I found some really crazy things out on the web. Um, Longest name in the world, Adolph Blaine, Charles David Earl, Frederick, all the way down. If you could pronounce that, great. That's the world's longest name. How could you do that to your kid? Problem is, he's a senior. Does that mean there's a junior? Um, <laughs> next one's a Hawaiian name. I don't know what that means. Maybe Meli Kalikimaka. No, that's not how you say it. Um, the next one, this dude, in, actually in London, uh, changed his name. And it's the longest, supposed to be like the longest like running first name or something. Captain Fantastic, Faster Than Superman, Spider-Man, Batman, Wolverine, Hulk, and The Flash combined. It's his legal name. Um, amazing. The next one, just keep going because I have no idea what in the world that means. Uh, this top one, um, goldenpalace.com did an auction on eBay and the winning bid was $15,000. So they play, paid the Silverman family $15,000 to name their kid after a casino. Not horrible. What's your name? Goldenpalace.com. Um, the next one is, um, actually it's pronounced your highness. Not great. I mean, that's great, but actually that's an illicit drug. And if you knew that, shame on you. But the next two are just messed up. I won't even get to, but, but weird names. Um, and then we get into the names where people think they're funny. Now I could go on and on because this was hilarious. I sat reading these for like an hour. Most of them couldn't even come close to darkening the door of me letting them, me say them here in this service, okay? They're absolutely crazy. A couple of the clean ones, I can't believe people name their kids this, but the, there's a fa- the, the Lear family. Um, they decided to name their, their, their kid Crystal, so Crystal Lear. And, and her middle name, when you say it fully, is Crystal Chandelier. Isn't that horrible? Crystal Chandelier. The Dover family, You can see what's coming here. This is true. The Dover family, their first kid, Ben. If you're not going, oh, then say it in your mind. Ben Dover. The other kid was named Eileen. So Eileen Dover. There's like, there was like a thousand of these. There was only like five ones that really, really, uh, somebody named their kids, this is just weird, um, Walker, and the other one's Texas Ranger. It's a family with the last name of Belcher, which I'm sorry if that's your last name anyway, um, but his name, first name was Cookie, Cookie Belcher. And, and the one that really struck me was there's a doctor, a real medical MD, I believe in Texas, his name's Dr. Dahl, and you know where this is going, he named his kids Ken and Barbie. All right, I mean, come on, this is just wrong. there's a lot to be said about our name and scripture talks a ton about our name and here's what I want you to remember write this down if you don't I mean if you do that if not just tap it away there's one thing I want you to remember this morning one thing it's this you got to remember your name If you don't want to get passed by, like Bartimaeus could have, you've got to remember your name. 
You want to know what the point is this morning? You got to remember your name. That's it. You know what your name is? I'm not talking about what your name means. I'm not talking about what your earthly name is. Do you know what your name is? I love this. This is amazing. It never hit me until I started studying about names and read this passage in light of that. Look at, look at the side screen. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us. Now stop, there's a comma there. And what I would expect next is this. How great the love that the Father has lavished on us that he would send his only begotten son to the sinful world to die on the cross for a sinner like me. That's how I would have written it, right? How great was his love to do that? You following me here? Here's something that's really interesting because that's not what God chose to say to us at this point. It says this, how great is the love that the Father has lavished on us that we should be called, what's those next three words? Say them with me. You guys are much more awake than the first service, but I bet you can do better. Ready? One more time. Good. I like it when you talk back a little bit. Keeps me awake. All right. I have to listen to myself do this a couple times. Help me out. All right. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us. What? That we should be called the children of God. I don't think that I would have fully understood that before I had children of my own. Would you? It says that's what we are. We are his children. And the reason the world doesn't know us is that it didn't know him. So dear friends, now we are what? Children of God. God, And what we will be has not yet been made known. Drop this into the story. Bartimaeus, son of dishonor, son of honor. What we're gonna be, we don't know. And by the way, the story doesn't always end this happy. As a matter of fact, it usually doesn't, it seems. We don't know what has yet been made known. But the one thing we do know, children of God, people of faith, is that when he appears, We're going to be like him because we're going to see him as he is. God's saying, you know what he's saying? When I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you ever took your first breath, I knit you together. And I gave you the name of child of the most high God. You are a son of the most high God. You are a daughter of the most high. Hi, God. And whatever this cruddy world has to offer you doesn't change your name. Doesn't change how I feel about you. Because remember, we don't know what's between here and eternity. All we know is that eternity's coming and we gotta do our best to live as sons and daughters of God until we get there and see him as he is. We are the children of God. I didn't understand this until I I had kids. I did not understand how much you could love one person. How many of you have kids? Am I right? I didn't realize how much my mom and dad loved me until I had kids of my own to love. And that I would do anything no matter how many times they've trampled on me, (laughs) I still would take a bullet for my kids. And I don't always give my kids what they want. But I love them like no other. That's your name. That you are a child of God. And he loves you the same way way um some of you are like man i don't know if i buy it hang with me hang with me um you got to remember your name you got to remember your name um
There's some powerful names in the world too. Why don't you shout them out? If, 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 there are some names that just when you say them, everybody just knows. Um, name some of the most powerful people in the world or some of the most well-known people that if they walked through the door, we'd be like, you've got to be kidding me. Who? Oprah, LeBron James. Don't bring up LeBron James. I'm from Ohio. Not cool. Not even cool. What else? Who else? Okay, heard Oprah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Who? Buffett. <laughs> Just say one word. Gandhi. Obama. You just, Napoleon, you just got to say one name and you know their name. There are some powerful names in this world. And remember, you got to remember your name. But the other thing that this crowd didn't know that the son of dishonor knew was that there was some power in the most powerful name in the world. And it wasn't Caesar who was reigning during the time. Mark 10, let's look at it in verse 47. Verse 47. Um, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, Bartimaeus began to shout, Jesus, son of David. Now again, we've got to take notice of this. Um, Bartimaeus called Jesus, not just Jesus, which, which Jesus' name is Yeshua. Yeshua, which means the Lord who is salvation. He was saying, not only Lord that brings salvation, you are the Lord that brings salvation, you are the Messiah, because the Messiah was to come through what king? There's only a couple times in the New Testament, and we find it with this story and another story where there's blind beggars. That's it. And you're going to see in a minute why Bartimaeus used this kind of formula. He was really declaring faith in the Messiah. He was declaring faith. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And, and the crowd said, shut up, Bartimaeus. Be quiet. Don't you know who that is? And so he shouted all the more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me me power in his name Philippians 2 verse 9 I love this um, again as I was studying this week if you've been around and heard scripture enough you've probably heard this verse therefore God exalted him to the highest place talking about Jesus and gave him the name that is above every name Right? There's power in the name of Jesus. But, but wait a second. See, you skipped over it like I have for 36 years. I haven't been reading for 36 years, but close, close, you're with me. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. I just stopped and went, wait a second. Let's, let, let me back up and see what he did to get himself exalted to this highest place. Let me read it to you. It's, it's a little bit longer than to put on the screen. Listen to this. This is why. This is cool. Um, just Paul writing in Philippians. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. K2, I have to ask this. Is that our mission here? That we have tenderness and compassion and that our joy can be complete by being like-minded, the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Verse three, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider yourselves Consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not look to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. We could preach forever on this, but I won't. Verse five, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Watch. 
Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Verse six, who being in very nature God, who being God is what that said, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. He gave it all away, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. He went where we wouldn't go. He did what we wouldn't do. He left his throne in heaven to walk in this cesspool of an earth. He doesn't just sit and reign over us. He came down here and he became one of us. And because of that, because of that, it says, verse 9, Because of that, God exalted him to the highest place and he gave him the name that is above every single other name that at the name of Jesus, every single knee is gonna bow one day, every single tongue is gonna confess in heaven and under the earth that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Not only do you need to remember your name that you're a child of God, you gotta remember the power in calling out on his name. And that he went there for you. And that he's already walked where you walked. He's talked as you've talked. But he did what we couldn't do. There's power there. Let's keep going. I don't want to get yelled at for this whole time stop clock thing, okay? It's probably just not going to happen. I'm letting you all know back there right now. You've got to remember your name. You gotta remember his name. Look at something else. Because some of you are like, been doing this for a while and I don't feel like he knows I'm right. I mean, if Jesus were right in front of me, I feel like he'd look right through me. Let's see, let's see. Mark chapter 10, verse 49, bring it up. Uh, Let me back up just to hear why it comes up. Many rebuked him and said, you know, just be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Now remember, you got the... Jesus had just done, you know, like 10 shows in Jericho or whatever it was. He's got a crowd following him, a huge group. That was a joke, by the way. But seriously, he's got this large crowd following him, you know, chant, Jesus, Jesus, we're going into all the world. Jesus, Jesus. Here, Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus, shut up. You're getting in the way of the master. Just be quiet. Sit over there with your little coffee cup and your sign. Jesus, Jesus. These next two words blow me away. Verse 49. Say them with me. Jesus. Say it one more time. Jesus. If I had a crowd of people following me, you know, let's just say we're down here at Temple Square and we're preaching the gospel, getting it done. There's a crowd. Some beggar calls out. Am I going to stop what I'm doing to minister to him? What I love about this, (laughs) you've got the God, the absolute God of the universe that's here to do a work. And man, he knew how to draw a crowd, didn't he? If anybody knew how to draw a crowd, it was Jesus but all throughout scripture, we see him stopping to be with the one. The one. So often in scripture, it's about the one. Write that down. You know why that's important? Because you're one. Matthew ten twenty nine. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your father. I hate this next verse, but I'll read it anyway. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Doesn't take long for mine. First, so don't be afraid. You know what? Don't be afraid. You're worth more than a bird. but we don't buy that. We don't believe that. Um, The God of the universe, can you imagine? I I sit sometimes and I go, 
what must it be like to have like seven million people praying to you at the same time? And as I was thinking about that this week, it reminded me of this really funny little video clip from a movie that's fairly sacrilegious, but this point out of it really helps. It's from Bruce Almighty. This guy becomes God and he's taking prayer requests. And so just kind of check out what God maybe has a glimpse of once in a while. Watch. I don't know if that's what he experiences. It's probably way worse than that. But I want you to understand that when you call on the name of Jesus, heaven stops for you. Now let me just share something with you. I decided to sit down. See, I don't preach very often, so I get a little excited. Um, this has been the absolute worst year of our life. Nothing could compare to the conglomeration. We've had some bad things happen, when, but when I'm talking 365 days, it has been worse than worse. I'm not, gonna, I'm not telling you this story so that you feel sorry for us at all. As a matter of fact, we've gotten to the point where we rejoice in what's happened over this past year. Um, it was about a year ago, a little over a year ago, that we, we moved from Ohio. I spent 16 weeks in Alabama helping a church out, and then we moved from Alabama here. So we moved across the country twice. We left all of our friends and family. And again, I am not telling you this to feel sorry. Let me tell you why I'm telling you this. Because so often people come to me and they think I'm somebody special. Like, I've got the special way to get to Jesus prayer. Or that we've got it all figured out. We're pastors, you know. We've got some degrees on the wall and understand these little fancy things. No, I'm just a sinful guy that I'm 36 now at the age of 22, was living such a life of sin that my beautiful bride who stuck with me, stuck with me. So I'm nobody special. I sit right out there with you and I did it for many years before God called me into ministry. That's why I tell you this story, so don't feel sorry for us. But in the last year, you know, we thought, when we left New Hope, I don't tell you this, I tell you this so that you understand our plight. I mean, Three, uh, ju- in a town of 2,800 in a cornfield, on our very last Sunday, or, or our very last Easter there, we saw over 1,300 people just at our little cornfield building. If we would have gone out to do a, uh, we're going to go pick up dog crap in the park ministry Sunday, we would have had hundreds show up. <laughs> and they would have joyfully done it. And we probably would have led people to the Lord that were picnicking that day. And then baptize them in the river that was right there. So, of course, when we made this huge thing, we left family, we left friends. Um, it took my wife's father over a year to even want to talk to me. A church that feels like we just abandoned them. Because that was our town, that was our community, and we had no idea where we were going. The only person we knew was this guy named Dave Nelson that I met on the phone who connected me with a couple of people. But we thought we're doing this great big thing for Jesus and that the skies would open, the seas would part, the angels would play harps. Palm tree branches would line Interstate 80 on the way out here. And that certainly we were coming to an area, by the way, you might not know this, but town of Harriman, it's like one of the fastest growing areas out here. There's like 22, 23,000 people. Um, there's not one non-LDS church in all of Harriman. When I say that around the United States, people don't grasp that. And the, one of our campuses was in a town of 22,000. There was probably 100 churches there. In my town of 2,800, there were about 12 or 13 in the area, minimum. There's not one there. South Jordan, one of the fastest growing cities in the country, three. And so we're like, wow, this is amazing. This could be like shooting fish in a barrel. There's an entire city without a church. We know what we're doing. Let's go do it. Everybody back here is like, you know how hard that area is you're going to? Do you know where you're going? We're like, yeah, we know hard. (laughs) We understand that. And I'm not saying that we were arrogant or anything, but we were just confident that this was just going to be what God wanted. And it has been just horrible. As a matter of fact, about um, 14 weeks ago, I was two weeks away from being homeless. 
I get, you're like, wow, that's interesting. I mean, you got some nice clothes on gift card. <laughs> we lost, um, it costs, did you know how it costs a lot to plant a church? You, that, it costs a lot. Um, we came out here with $480,000 promised to us. This was going to be easy. Long story short, we decided to do, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that happened. Economic collapses in cities. Um, we decided to go into some bars, even though we don't even have a bar in South Jordan. Do you know that? There's not one. So we went to this restaurant that had a bar and we did a Bible study and our group decided for various reasons that that's not cool that we were having a Bible study in like a bar and decided to pull all of our support. And so we're two weeks away from this. Well, we had just started getting some momentum when that happened. We had just, I, I mean, because I told you seriously, dog doo-doo pickup in the park would have attracted hundreds of people. We did our first big thing out here. You know, we're going to run these courses and classes and all of this. And we had food and we had everything and we had advertised. You know how many people showed up? Four? No. That would have been 400% more than what we had. Zero. Nobody. The next day we were holding it in a different location. You know how many came? We doubled. We had one. <laughs> Praise God, we're the fastest growing church in the country overnight. <laughs> and stuff was kind of starting to happen. This was before we lost our support, by the way. I'm backing up. And God said... Um, you know, we'd lived out here for a year. We were renting and, and we decided that it was time to buy a house. And so we went out looking at houses. The day we went to look out, you gotta understand, I'm not even telling you the last six months. It was so dark and depressing. As you can tell, I'm not a very depressed person. I've been depressed all of about a day and a half in my life. Since I've been out here, it's gone up to about six. But compare, 35 years, a day and a half, one year, several more. It's been bad. So finally, we start seeing things roll. Right? Some of y'all are like relating with my story. It has nothing to do with the church, but you're sitting where I am. And we went to, we were buying a house. The day we went to put a contract on a house and start buying a house, this was the day we learned we were going to lose all our support. And I'm, can I be real with you? You know how many times I've wanted to just lose my faith this year and go, what is going on? I'm crying out to the God of the universe and I feel like he is so many millions of miles away it's not even funny. You ever feel that way? By the way, the story's getting a little better. Okay, we still have one person <laughs> that's recruited our launch team. We, we had three or four families that moved out with us. As a matter of fact, some of them are here. I see one right here. I don't know if there's any others out here. Uh, they left everything behind too to move out here and help us. Why don't you thank them for me? Their whole family. So outside of our team, we've got one person from Utah that's here. So, um, but things have started to happen. Amazing things have started to happen. One of the reasons there's no churches out in that area is you can't find a building to meet in. The schools won't let us meet there. The theater wanted fifteen to $1,700 a week minimum to meet there. And so we just said, okay, Lord, what is it? And he gave us a charter school. Um, I've got the cheapest price in America. It's $20 an hour. Guys, that's free. I don't even want to get into all the stories. Some amazing things are starting to happen. We got a tiny little bit of funding so we could send out a mailer and start preview services so we could gather a launch team in two weeks on Sunday night. On a Sunday night, um, we're going to have uh, uh, launch team preview services. Hopefully people come to that. We don't know. But... Uh, we're just excited about that. And through all of this, God is just doing some amazing things because, listen, there's so many times, I just believe this with all of my heart, that, that until you understand your name as a child of God and where you are supposed to be, until you're like Bartimaeus, see, stuff like that was happening to us all the time. Until you're Bartimaeus laying flat on your back with nowhere else to look but up and your faith can only be found in one place, I'm not sure if God's ready to use you. We had nowhere else to look. We were drained of every last square inch of our body and said, okay, God. 
And God started to do some amazing things. Like I said, somebody's paying, paying for a mailer. I got four months emergency salary support. So I've got four months. God told us to buy a house. Through all that, we put the contract and then lost it. And guess what? Um, through it all, even my dad's like, why are you buying a house? You just lost your job. Well, guess what? Um, the emergency support came through. And last Sunday, we moved into our new house because we trusted in the name of God. And then some awesome people put some shutters on it from Prestige. I won't talk about that because that would be a commercial and they're here. And there's times I've just wanted to kick it in. And guess what, guys? We don't know what's going to happen in two weeks at 6.01. Not a weird time, but we're going to do 6.01 at Early Light Academy. If you know anybody down in that area that needs Jesus, why don't you just tell them about it? I'll be glad to love on them. I've wanted to just throw it down the tubes. I love what Walter Wangeren said. He says, God's yearning is to be heard as well as to hear. His yearning is to be heard by you as well as to stop and listen. Bartimaeus had more than just a, I'm going to go to church on Sunday morning kind of faith. He had more than just a, I believe in God kind of faith. He had the kind of faith to say, Jesus, you are the Messiah. And he threw his cloak aside. It said, think about it. If you're homeless and begging, that cloak keeps you alive at night. It protects you from animals or whatever. It protects you from the cold. He said, I'm giving up my house to go follow this man. That's the kind of faith that Jesus wants. He left the crowd behind that was following him, telling Bartimaeus to shut up because he wanted to go after the one that had true faith. He's not going to pass you by. When you call out on his name, he's going to stop and he's going to pay attention. But what are you holding on to that you need to throw away? Man, I know that God has just beat us up so that we could throw everything away and say it doesn't matter. Literally, my wife and I said this. We got to the point where we could, we really said this in a minute. If we have to live in a tent we're going to serve Jesus and answer his call. And it wasn't like that when we first started out. So where are you at? What do you got to throw aside? And, and maybe let me ask you this. In your busyness of life, who do you need to stop and take notice of and be Jesus to? With all your emails, phone calls, parties, plans. Some interesting stuff. I got I, I to gotta go. Keep rolling here. You got to remember your name as the child of God and the power that's in his name as his child. Let me end with this little section. Because some of you still aren't there. You're like, well, see, now you've got a house. Well, yeah, for three months. I've got 90 days. Guess what? I don't care anymore. Ask me in 90 days. It might be different. But for right now... Because you've heard the verses, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. Uh, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find, right? If you, Jesus said, if you ask anything in, your name, in my name, I'll give it. We don't have time to unpack that, but you go, really? Some of you still aren't here. Let me tell you this. Um, before I was uh, called into full-time uh, Christian whatever I do, um, I was a cop in the inner city of Columbus, Ohio. Metro PD, huge, like way bigger than Salt Lake. If we weren't having a shooting and stabbing all the time, we weren't at work, all right? So, um, and I loved that job. Matter of fact, they're talking to us. They need some, like, uh, chaplains down in our area, so I don't know what'll happen. Maybe it'll happen again, but um, get a call one night of a drive-by shooting. There's a 19-year-old kid. His name's Delvon Jackson. Delvon Jackson was a, a dope dealer, a drug dealer. Um, he was a murderer. He had beat a murder rap. And you know, the, you know what double jeopardy is, right? So he could go brag that he got off and all this stuff. And uh, then, well, for whatever reason, he decides that he's going to start robbing other dope dealers. By the way, if you're a dope dealer, that's not a good idea. I'm just letting you know if you're here this morning. <laughs> just stay in your own territory, okay? Keep to your own business. Um, that was a joke, kids, really. Just... 
Get a call of this tribe by shooting. Delvon Jackson, uh, 19 years of age. His house had been shot up numerous times. We get there. The ambulance always beat us there. There were a lot more of them than us. People like them better than cops. I don't know why, but it's just how it goes. So they show up there. They're usually there before us, but they're nowhere to be found. So they're out waiting. We go busting by them usually. Get in, clear the scene, make sure the bullets have stopped flying. And then we tell them to come in and do their thing. Nowhere, nowhere. They're all like across town. Everybody's like fighting fire somewhere. And so I'll never forget this as long as I live. Talk about calling on the name of Jesus. Imagine being the mother. I see it vividly. I still hear it every time I close my eyes and think about it. I walk into this house and there's a mama on the floor holding on to this drug dealing, gang banging, uh, 19-year-old boy named Delvon Jackson. He's got Delvon Jackson by the hand. She's got him by the hand. And his mama was yelling out, help him, Jesus, 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 over and over, help him, Jesus, help him, Jesus, oh, help him, Jesus. I'm doing CPR on Delvon Jackson. Mama's crying out to Jesus. And Delvon Jackson went off into eternity. You say, But I thought, like Bartimaeus, you just need to call out on Jesus. It doesn't always work that way. Because in the end, I have to let you know this final thing that we're going to talk about today. Is that God is still in control. God is still sovereign. That's the big fancy word for it. God is still in control. He's sovereign. He didn't help Delvon Jackson that day. Didn't answer a mama's prayer. But you know, that was the day I drove away in my police cruiser. I drove away and I went, you know what? Jesus is the only one that could have helped Delvon Jackson. Physically, but at that point he chose not to. But what if some youth pastor or some pastor would have gotten a hold of Delvon Jackson and his crew's heart long before they got laying here on the floor with a bullet hole through his chest? What would have happened? And it was that day that I said, okay, Jesus, I'm going to leave this other job that I love and this place I love and I'm going to move my family and we're going to serve you with whatever it is. God used a gangbanging, drug-dealing 19-year-old who, by the way, infected me with his blood and I had to go to the hospital (laughs) to forever change my life. We don't know what God's up to, do we? Watch this final clip. I think it'll make a lot of sense about God being in control. Watch. Mark 10, 52, Jesus looked at Bartimaeus and said, go, your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. But guys, it doesn't always work that way. Jesus knows our pain. I mean, he went to the tomb of his best friend Lazarus and he cried knowing he's about raised, ready to raise the dude back up. It's okay, in this world you're gonna have trouble. Read the book of Job. You think you got problems? How about Paul? Paul asked God three times to remove the thorn in the flesh. The greatest church planner of all time. Three times, didn't get his answer. You with me here? God is still in control. As a matter of fact, did you know Jesus didn't have all his prayers answered? Did you know that? Going a little farther, Matthew 26 says, Jesus fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not what I want, but whatever it is you want. And what did God tell his son? What did he tell him? No, you have to die. Jesus didn't even have all of his prayers answered. Because remember, we don't know what's in the middle. But we know our name. You've got to remember your name. As a child, as a son or daughter of the Most High God. And we don't know what's going to happen here, but we will one day when we see his face, we're going to be like him because we're going to see him as he is. His name is power. You got to remember your name. You got to remember his name. He's not going to pass you by. He cares about that one. He cares about the one. As a matter of fact, we're so convinced of this. After we had one person finally show up, we said, you know what? We're tired of trying to just do this thing for the crowds. It's about the one. So in honor of that one person that joined our team, we named our church One Community Church. 
because he's going to stop for the one and that's who he cares about he's gonna stop when you call on the name of the god of the universe the crowds are followed he's gonna stop and look down at you but you're not always gonna get what you want but we are gonna get something greater than we could ever imagine do you have that you gotta remember your name if you ever called on his name Romans 10, 13 says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord, everyone who calls on the, what? Name of the Lord will be saved. No matter where you are today, no matter what problem you walked in here, no matter if you're at the darkest of the dark night or the greatest of the mountaintop experiences, you gotta remember your name, but it starts by remembering his name. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes and Give me just a couple minutes. I know that I told my story and it went a little bit longer, but man, there's nothing more important than we're about to do than right now. Oh, because some of y'all feel like, like I have. And listen, man, in a couple weeks, if one person shows up on Sunday night, I mean, I know some of our friends at K2 will show up or... Maybe some of y'all will say, I feel sorry for that poor dude. He was sitting in the front row or something. (laughs) I'm going to rejoice in one. And you know that he rejoices in one. In Luke chapter 15, he says that he leaves the 99 behind and he goes after the one. And right now, he's willing to stop everything that's going on for you. And at the darkest of your darkest night, call out on his name. Call on the name of Jesus. And remember your name, that you are his child. And remember how you treat your children. If you don't have this hope of eternity, you're like, okay, I get this. But what is this whole thing that we get? Man, we get eternity. Jesus, at the age of 33, I've already beat him by three years, was brutally sacrificed on a cross for you and for me. He walked where we walked and he talked how we talked that you might have eternal life. And if you've never called out on his name, would you just do that? Say, son of David. Say, just say, Jesus, have mercy on me like Bartimaeus. If you've never done that, would today be that day? If you've never come to K2 before, Don't worry, the normal people will be back next week. You don't have to hear me again. (laughs) Hey, thanks for coming. Thanks Thanks for seeking this out. Maybe you've been coming for five years and it's never hit you. Maybe like it did today and today's the day that you're gonna call on his name. Would today be that day? Maybe you need to rededicate your entire being to Jesus. Maybe you're at some of the darkest of the dark times. Like we're still walking through and you gotta remember your name and his name. But maybe you're here for the first time and you say, you know what? I need that hope of eternity. Would you just tell them this right now with all of our heads bowed and eyes closed? Just say this. Just say this prayer in your heart. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I call on your name. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead unlike any other religious leader that I might have eternal life. Come into my life and save me. And the best I know how from this day forward, I want to live with you forever. And as best I know how from today on, I want to serve you with my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, listen, this isn't some magical little thing where everything's gonna be hunky-dory. As K2 says, we're on an adventure here, and adventures aren't always, sometimes they turn turn out kind of crazy with the twists and turns, but we know where our adventure ends. And if you've never asked Christ in your life and you just did that in the first service, It was amazing. 10 or 15 people said today was the first day I did that. 
We're not going to embarrass you, call you out. No spotlight's going to come on you. We're not going to make you walk down an aisle. But I just want to pray for you before I walk off the stage. And if you prayed that prayer, would you raise your hand just right now? Right now, just raise your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand at yours and yours and yours. And right there and there and there and there, all over this room. Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. I see it. You don't have to raise your hand for that. Praise God all over this place. Father God, thank you for using the story of a blind beggar whose name meant son of dishonor. And you picked him up, you dusted him off, and you gave him a new name. Lord God, may we never forget that you've already named us your child. And for those today, Lord God, that made this decision for the first time, I pray that they would take that little card on their seat, that they would mark it, so that we could give them some more information about this amazing journey with our Savior. Thank you, Lord, for making your word powerful. And Lord God, keep me with my and my family's eyes and our team's eyes and this church here, K2's eyes, focused firmly on you. Lord God, thanks for showing up here today. And thank you for those that made this commitment to you for the first time. In the name of Jesus, we say that our hope is fully in you.